1: You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss spirit
2: podcast with Ben Garrett.
1: Welcome into Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit. on Twitter. He's Chuck Ronsville the Godfather of Old Miss media coverage. Matt Spirit, Chuck on Twitter, we're both right for the Old Miss Spirit, and a bit of on three, where Chuck has just been crushing it lately, dropping all kinds of rumor scoop bombs. Hey, buddy.
2: Hey, man, how's it going? How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. I, uh, You know, just trying to keep up with what's going on at ever-changing Ole Miss athletics. Uh, it seems like there's a drama a day out there, so... And, and, and a lot of it's good. Some of it's not good, but it's all fun.
1: Well, lead me through the build up to Pete Golding and the process and the steps that led to Chris Partridge and Marty's Crumb. Like, where does it stand right now? Because they weren't officially fired or let go. They're still working, as far as I know. Just kind of, uh, you were the one that put that out there, broke it first, that Chris Partridge and Mo Crum would not be returning as the co-defense coordinators, and Pete Golding is hired a day later. Uh, kind of where are things right now? What What is Partridge doing, for example?
2: Well, Partridge is just going to hang around until he gets another job because, um, you know, he, he wants to get paid for that last contract. I mean, that last year on his contract, and I don't blame him a bit. It's a million dollars plus, so um, I don't think they're going to, um, you know, to to. He's not going to hit the road.
1: So as far as he's concerned, I mean, there's no chance he's he takes a demotion right and stays.
2: No, no, he's leaving. He's leaving. Don't. I mean, I, I, I can't imagine that he's staying. But contractually, he, you know, until he gets another job, he, he needs to stay around and, um, you know, to, to ensure that he'll get the money unless they, because they didn't fire him, right. And if he leaves on, if he leaves on his own, then he breaks the contract. But if he gets another job, then Ole Miss is only on the hook for the difference of his current contract and what he's making at his new at his new school.
0: Well
1: what do you think about how everything kind of played out and leading up to Pete Golding being hired just from an opinion standpoint because we know what you reported, you put it out there, what was happening as it was happening in real time, but just what's Chuck's view of it? What do you kind of uh, what's your takeaway from it?
2: Oh, I thought it had to happen. I I mean let me let me say this. I'm not one that's totally gonna blame Chris on this. Uh, I think that uh, Lane Kiffin dictated to him that he had to run the defense that he ran. Um, Chris Partridge has always been a four man front guy wherever he's been in the past. But, uh, Kiffin is sold on the three man front or has been the last two years. And, uh, it, it took its toll this year. The defense wasn't very good at times, um, too many times. And, um, uh, Personally, I'm not a fan of the three-man front unless you've got tremendous talent. uh, And people say, well, you won 10 games using it last year. Well, sure, but that was only after D.J. Durkin got real aggressive with it after they gave up 50 points against Arkansas. They started putting more men in the box and pressuring more, and the three-man turned into a 3-3 or a 3-4 instead of a 3-2. Uh, They reverted back to the 3-2 more this year. Uh, And, and look, they brought up some safeties and stuff, and they'd have six or seven in the box. But there's a lot of difference in having three big men and then three or four linebackers, linebacker types, to stop the run and to put pressure. And I think that's what Pete Golding will go to. He'll go to a four-man front with three linebackers or a three-man front with four linebackers, and they'll be – more pressure and, and more run support.
1: Yeah. It's not like Pete Golding's coming to Ole Miss from Alabama to have any part of his like scheme or approach dictated to him. He has full autonomy. I would assume.
2: Oh, if he, if he didn't, why would he come? Right. I mean, you, you know, there's people out there saying, well, he was being forced out at Alabama. And then there's others that are saying that Nick offered him a raise. So who, who knows really? Um, uh, but I can't imagine that he would take this job without autonomy of the defense, um, uh, you know, and, and I think it's good that Lane would give that up. I, I really do. I think that uh, although Lane being a brilliant offensive mind, and when you are, you have to know a lot about the other side of the ball to make your side of the ball work, um, I just think it was too much for him to dictate a defense to a defensive coordinator. I think you've got to have a defensive, particularly with him, concentrate so much on offense. Uh, You've got to have a defensive coordinator that's going to run the show. And I think Pete Golding is that guy.
1: Have we heard any rumblings about people he might bring with him, be it coaches or players?
2: No, not really. You know, I'm, there's all kinds of rumors out there, but I've heard nothing substantial or anything that I would, you know, attach my name to. Uh, you know, there was rumbling that B Brown may come here, but. Uh, no, he's not going to come here. He's making $850,000 as a defensive coordinator. Uh, where Cincinnati now, I think?
1: Yeah, he's at Cincinnati. Uh, I actually wrote the story and, for our site because it was – I mean, Pete Golden was like himself recruiting Pete Brown to come join him at Ole Miss. But once it got announced that he was the associate head coach and defensive coordinator at Cincinnati, that's pretty pretty official, even though the conversation still continued.
2: Yeah. And then uh, uh, Huntsler – guy that was here before Coleman Huxley. has been yeah. mentioned he's been mentioned but nothing official and as far as you know I, I this this thing about oh he's going to bring a bunch of players from Alabama well none of them are in the portal yet and uh <laughs> I think Wednesday's the cutoff so I mean but then that, that, now that could materialize after spring ball you know there there can be some guys that stay at Alabama and go through spring and decide they're not going to get much playing time and you know, they know Pete and, uh, have a relationship with Pete and they might get in the portal. Um, when is it in April or May? In April. Uh, So, you know, that, that's not settled obviously, but as far as an instant bringing players over, I don't see that happening.
1: Well, it's a question you have to bring up because two players that were directly connected to Chris Partridge got in, uh, once the news came down that Pete Golding was the new defensive coordinator and Chris Partridge was going to be on his way out whenever that is. And that's Davison Igbenosan, the star freshman cornerback, now sophomore cornerback, and Tysheem Johnson. Um, Is there a chance one or both of them comes back, or is this kind of a final thing for them?
2: I heard that Tysheem will not come back and that Davison may come back. It's not 100%. He will come back. uh, But there were good talks for for both of them, actually, but Tysheem just wanted to change the scenery. And uh, I think Davison got the best shot of coming back and, uh, basically, what the Grove Collective has offered him is probably more than he's going to get anywhere else. But I think he's going to test the waters for a day or two, and I think he'll end up back here. I'll be surprised if he doesn't. Well, tell you of course, you. I be, of course, I, I, I keep saying that. I'll be surprised if this, and surprised if that, and <laughs> damn if I'm not surprised all the time nowadays with the transfer portal and NIL and changing coaches, staffs, and. You know, it's it's a it's a surprise a day.
1: Yeah, we got to start phrasing that differently. Instead of uh, I, I would be surprised to be like, well, it'd be a surprise, I guess, to the old me that uh, this would happen because these days, yeah. man, everything nothing's surprising.
2: That's right. Nothing's surprising. Exactly right. Where
1: Do we have any idea where Taishin might be uh, headed off to?
2: No, no. I've I've heard that uh, Texas A and M wants to talk to him, but I have not verified that at all.
1: Golly, do, do these kids not know there are other schools outside of the SEC West they can go to? Like Austin Keys goes to Auburn. Come on, man. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, go to go yeah. to Ohio State. I don't know, just go somewhere not in the SEC West.
2: Yeah, well, I, I kind of expected uh, Tashim, uh, you know, to go back northeast where he's from. You know, go to a, a Rutgers or somewhere like that. But I, that's not what I'm hearing. I I think what you're dealing with here. Ben, is that all the sec west schools have the nil money yeah that's what you know i mean in places like rutgers probably don't you know i don't know that but um that's my guess because we are the biggest money conference in in the country without a question on, on everything else coaches salaries facilities why not nil
1: well, there's been some hand ringing lately on Old Miss message board, social media community, in regards to Old Miss's portal recruiting. What's kind of your take right now with where things
2: are? Uh, I don't think it's gone real well, um, but again, I think it's a longer process, and, and recruiting is just not the same landscape as it used to be. I mean, it's just it's it's basically year round. I mean, you got uh, one, two, three. Different signing periods, really. Um, so, I, I think you can't judge it until the summer. Um, I, I'm not real impressed so far with with the portal results, but I think we're fixing to hear some news about some quarterbacks. I think uh, we might hear some news about a wide receiver. Where I'm where I'm concerned is defensive line, uh, linebacker, offensive line.
1: Is there any player that went somewhere else that you were surprised by? Again, acknowledging that we don't really get surprised anymore with this stuff. But is there one player that you thought Ole Miss was maybe really down the road with and was going to get that ended up somewhere else?
2: Uh, I'm trying to think. You know, I, I don't keep up with recruiting as much as you do. Um,
1: Gene Baptiste is I know what that- I was getting at there goes to notre dame yeah
2: yeah i mean they felt real good about him when he left but but you know they felt real good about several players that didn't show up it's 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 just a i mean it's such a different landscape now i mean kids are going to tell you exactly what you want to hear and then when a better offer comes along they're going to take it Uh, um i i don't know that it's has much to do with relationship building anymore and facilities anymore uh I mean, I asked Lane Kiffin point blank before the bowl game. I said, how much has NIL played a part in your recruiting? And he pointed over at the new Manning Center. He said, do you see that beautiful building going up there? I said, yeah. He said, um, well, I was asked about that through this whole process of recruiting. It maybe twice. I was asked about NIL probably a hundred times. And that's a direct quote from the head coach. So, we know what the importance is now, and uh, so does Lane. So that's where the Grove Collective has come in and doing a tremendous job, and uh, it's, it's getting more and more interesting as the days click by.
1: Well, you're the only person in this business I can trust completely, so I'm going to ask you for an opinion because I know you'll set me straight here. Help me make sense of this quarterback recruiting out of the portal. They have Jackson Dart on campus. He's uh, entering his second year as the starter, you know, allegedly, and yet they're talking to Spencer Sanders, Mike Wright, um, Oklahoma State and Vanderbilt, respectively, and Walker Howard. I think they're in a really good position for. He just visited TCU following his visit to Ole Miss over the weekend, but I feel like things are trending in the right direction there. W- what do you make of this?
2: Well, all right, Spencer Sanders, I think that they're bringing him in to compete with Jackson Dart and and for the starting job and, and to push Jackson Dart. And these people that say, oh, it's Darts' job, I'm not buying that if they're going to sign Spencer Sanders. Um, Now, Sanders has a lot of work to do academically before he graduates, and if he doesn't graduate in spring or or in the summer, then he can't play next fall. So, you know, it's it's not that big a risk to bring him in here and see if he's any good. If he's not, if he doesn't fit in, he's probably not going to graduate anyway. See, so you, you see what I'm where I'm getting yeah, yeah. on him. The Walker Howard thing, obviously, he's the quarterback of the future. They they believe uh, Mike Wright. He's insurance. He's a good athlete. He's uh, he's the Barry Brunetti of 2023, I think. Um, a guy you can bring in and run the ball with design quarterback runs, and then catch the defense napping and throw little short passes and do things like that. So I think he has a place. I also, you know, I've heard coaches talk about, you know, putting him in the slot or, or a wingback or H back position. Uh, he's, he's a good athlete. So I get it. I get it. Um, I don't think it's healthy. Uh, and this is not a knock on Jackson dark Ben, but, I don't think it's healthy to just have a guy that's handed the starting job. Yeah, I think you always have to have competition, and I, I believe Lane feels that way too, or they wouldn't even be talking to Spencer Sanders.
1: Ole Miss fans, basketball season is heating up for both the men's and women's basketball teams. Show your support for their efforts on the court by signing up for the Pledge Per Win campaign today. You can sign up to pledge a specific amount for every Rebel win and earn blue priority points through every donation. Visit GiveToAthletics.com slash donate. That's GiveToAthletics.com slash donate. Or call the Old Miss Athletics Foundation at 662-915-7159. That's 662-915-7159. To sign up for the Pledge Per Win campaign today with the Old Miss Athletics Foundation. The car buying process can be a lot. I know. I've been there. You just want to get in and out with a new car and the best deal. Simple. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford keeps it simple. They're going to take care of you, get you in and out with your new vehicle with a great deal. Their inventory right now is priced to sell. And what separates Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford from any and all competitors is they aim to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. Contact them today at 662-234-8000. That's 662-234-8000. Stop by and see them in person at 2201 East University Avenue in Oxford. That's Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford to find your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep. Alan Samuels, let's be friends. The signs of summer are here. Freshly mowed grass, days in the water at the ballpark, and all the rest on the golf course. and concert season is all about the boots. Already, Oxford and Ole Miss have seen Morgan Wallen lighted up at Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. Ole Miss football star and Talk of Champions podcaster Jared Ivey bemoaned how his boots were lacking. He should have gone with Tecovis, the only stop for the Ole Miss fan and the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited-edition offerings for the spring and summer, including timeless, always-on-trend styles in men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. Or visit ufiofficialcom slash videolock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. That's UFI Video Lock, a proud sponsor of this, the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. It's a new year, and that means setting new goals for yourself and your family. And there's no better time to throw financial goals into the mix. the past year has been stressful for lots of people, me included. So why not take this opportunity to reevaluate where you are financially and where you want to be down the road? And that's where my friend Thomas Chandler comes in. Thomas is a financial planner with Capital Financial Group and wants to help you set your financial goals and work towards a more secure financial future. So give him a call today at 662-296-0186 for a no-cost consultation. That's Thomas Chandler at 662 296 0186 to get started today on your journey to financial health today. Yeah, I think that's true. I mean, look, you have to have competition everywhere, and it's not a bad thing. The whole goal here is to get good players. But we were talking about getting one guy to come in here and push him, maybe not push him quite as much to take his job, but at least give him healthy competition and be a quarterback for the future, which is the criteria that Walker Howard meets. The other two, I mean, you're completely changing the room. Would they really take all three?
2: Oh, they will. I don't know if they can get all three. But, yeah, yeah, they'd take all three. And I, I know I know, when people listen to this, they're going to say, oh, you're crazy, Chuck. But trust me, they'd take all three. And, and you know, saying, well, why are you putting three guys on scholarship? Well, with NIL, you don't have to. You don't have to put them on scholarship. Just give them a big contract, and they can come walk on. You know, I mean, it's... it's. Uh,
1: yeah, the incentive <laughs> used to be the scholarship, but that is not the incentive anymore.
2: No, I mean, obviously we have scholarships that we could give them all three one, but uh, that's not a prerequisite anymore.
1: Man, that quarterback room would be stacked and be fascinating in the spring or fall camp if it
2: were to happen that way. Yeah, the only thing I hope they avoid is I, I hope they they don't go right up to the season with a quarterback battle. I think somebody that, that was not a healthy situation to me last year with Luke and Jackson. I think somebody should have been named, you know, at the end of spring or midway through the summer, say, look, we're going to go with this guy for now. And unless he loses the job, he's our quarterback. I, I liked that a lot better than the going first game, starting Jackson, second game, starting Luke, third game, starting Jack. You know, I, I, I just, I think it's hard to gain any continuity, especially with two new starters.
1: What's the most likeliest outcome with this quarterback portal recruiting? Do you think, if you had to
2: guess? Man, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I just know what I just know what they're trying to do, um, and, and and that's surprising enough that they're trying to get all three. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't know how to play out though. I know I know the Howards are shopping Walker pretty hard at several different schools. Um, I know Mike Wright is contemplating going back to Vanderbilt. I know Spencer Sanders is a academic risk. So I don't, I don't know. I really don't.
1: Well, I will say Walker Howard is the one I want the most because of how he kind of addresses one of their biggest needs, and that's a developmental quarterback. They just don't have one.
2: Yeah, and who's to say he won't come in and push Dart? Sure. I mean, if it were me, and of course. Man, I don't know anything about roster construction. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know a thing about it.
1: We're just two Mississippi dudes sitting here talking shit about Old Miss Sports, man.
2: That's right. If, if it was me, I'd take Walker Howard and, and call it a day. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, it may be insurance with Mike Wright, but, um, you know, uh, we'll see. We'll see how it works out.
1: Well, as far as the coaching staff and filling it out, uh, you still got a cornerbacks coach to hire. Pete's going to handle the linebackers, which is what Crum handled, also being co defense coordinator. Um, assuming Partridge does leave, you're going to need a safeties coach too. Have we heard any rumblings about potential coaches?
2: No. Just what we said earlier, you know, just the rumor mill. um, And I'm sure it's going to be difficult to try to find out that that information, to be honest with you. Um, It it might sneak up on us, but we'll have to kind of uncover it under the sidewalk, so to speak. Um, You know, Pete's going to probably keep that, pretty close to the vest and I know you know Lane always does. So but I think that I if 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 he wasn't gonna let Pete make the choice, he would have filled the cornerback slot when Sam Carter left you know, a week or so ago. So it tells me that he's letting he's gonna let Pete hire his staff other than uh Randall Joyner on defensive line coach that people have the other positions.
1: Well, you and I have been talking about all fair that, you know, we were expecting a, a serious shakeup on the defensive staff and then it happens. But the real tell was when he didn't immediately fill that spot with Sam Carter. Then, then we kind of knew, Oh yeah, this is about to be overhaul.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, heck I've had people in the coaching business telling me for six weeks or well, however long the day after the bowl game that, uh, partridge was was gone i mean and how they knew that i don't know i mean i didn't know it for sure uh, i suspected it but you know lane kind of rode it out and it just happened the way it happened
1: well the way they finished eight and five lost five of their last six um the first high school period wasn't great it only signed 12 kids far and away the smallest class in the sec Uh, portal recruiting hasn't been the dynamic explosion of additions that we thought it would be. Got some quality guys like Trey Harris. I love Chris Marshall. I love Um, Caden priest corn. I love, and then the coaching staff stuff that's happened. I know there's a lot of concern out there right now about for the first time, really in four years under Lane Kiffin about the direction of things. And you look at that schedule next year and you go to Georgia and Alabama, are you feeling the same type of, Oh crap. Or you think that it's kind of overblown?
2: Oh, I think it's undecided. I I have certainly have, immediate concerns but again like i said the process now doesn't end in february it it just you know it's just getting cranked up really i mean we've got i say three or four impact high school kids coming in here that could make an an immediate contribution and then we've got uh i like the two receivers like you do and the tight end um i'm curious about the defensive lineman and the linebacker um, you know, we'll see if they're what we hope they are. Um other than that, kind of kinda iffy. Uh corner, the cornerback looks okay. Um uh, but here's the thing. Okay's not good enough in the SEC. Okay is eight and five, okay. <laughs> okay is what we did last year. So uh we got we gotta add some talent and hopefully it'll come after the spring training with other kids get in the portal.
1: Shoot, I think one of the most important things is getting Davison back, if you can.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think that's key. Because I, I know he didn't have key. a great
1: end of the year, but I mean, he started really hot, and that's not the type of player you're, you're wanting to see leave.
2: Well, I think we put too much on him. I really do. I, I, I think he got started swimming about midway through the season. You know, he got burned a couple of times um, and lost his stinger a little bit, but Listen, he's a talent. He's he's a talent.
1: Well, what are you most paying attention to this week in Ole Miss sports? What are you going to keep an eye out for? What should Ole Miss oh, fans? Oh, the quarterback.
2: Be, yeah, obviously the quarterback situation because I think it has to be decided pretty quickly. Um, uh, and you know, and <laughs> that's a that's a that's the huge thing on football teams now. If you don't have a quarterback, and and you got to have more than one too. So. We'll see. That's that's the number one thing for me.
1: Well, one of the first things I saw on the message board on the dot Spirit, today was just waiting for another hearing post from Chuck. I think you've, you've kind of built a brand there, buddy.
2: <laughs> well, well, I mean, I've stumbled onto some information here in the last couple of weeks. So no, no, you're
1: the godfather. I'm trying to make that a thing.
2: <laughs> maybe I'll keep stumbling.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's Chuck Roswell at Spirit Chuck on Twitter. We both are for the Open Obam Spirit, OpenSpirit dot com, and for the Devon Three. Let's do this once a week. Does that sound good to you? Yeah, man.
2: Okay, sounds good. Well, to I me. know
1: you're a busy man. You know, golf course, fishing, whatever it might be. Yeah, yeah.
2: Grandparenting and yeah. you know, but uh, so you, you're not gonna you're not gonna touch on basketball. huh?
1: I tried to get out of here. You wouldn't let me do it. It's so bad. I'm talking to Keith Carter. supposed to talk to Keith Carter on Tuesday. We're recording this on a Monday, so tomorrow. And uh, I feel like we kind of know where it is, you know?
2: I, I, I'm going to tell you, though, man, I, I've never seen a team that couldn't shoot like this one can. I've I just really hadn't. You get to this level, you're supposed to be able to shoot. And, I mean, our best player, Matthew Morrell, shooting 16% from three points. I mean, six of 36, you know, and the the guy that I didn't have a lot of faith in is actually shooting well, is uh, Jamin Brakefield.
1: Yeah. Uh, Well, I think that speaks more to the personnel itself because Matt's a next-level player. He's an NBA player. But he's by himself as far as perimeter threats with their guards. Jamin Breakfield has been stepping out and shooting and making threes, which is something they wanted him to bring from Duke. And he's doing that now, but he's it. And and th- I think that's the, been the most um, damning thing for Kermit is he went into last yeah. off season after last, t- last year's team, knowing what he needed, and that was scoring. And instead of going and pursuing that particular need, which was his most fatal flaw, um, he went and got four forwards who were, defense and rebounding first and redundancies of each other and that none of them can step out and shoot from three. So you didn't change your personnel. It's like reshuffling the deck chairs on the Titanic here. And then you've got players yeah. like Luis Rodriguez going and balling out at UNLV because he fits the modern game. He's like a unicorn in terms of what he can be. Austin Crowley's playing well enough at Southern Miss. Jarkel Joyner's playing well enough at NC State. All the players that you let go. Sean Robinson's is another great example. I mean, remember when, he, when Ole Miss signed him? I mean, I wrote the stories about it how much they they thought he was an NBA player and wanted to pump that one up. And he just gets run off innocuously. Well, he's gone and been that at his next stop. And I think that's the biggest indictment is the um, evaluations and the personnel choices have been disasters for him. Because you're just getting a, another variation of the same thing every single year. And that might have worked in the early 2000s, even mid-2010s. But in 2022, Ole Miss is running a very regressive offense and it's just not working. And it goes back to, like you said... They can't shoot, but you knew that going into the off season they couldn't shoot, and you didn't get shooters.
2: Yeah, I agree. I agree with all that.
1: Yeah, my, my question is, and I think, uh, like, how, what do I ask Keith about this? Because he didn't roll Kermit over. Is this just barreling towards something at the end of the year, or could something happen in season? I don't know. What do you think?
2: Uh, you know, I, I think it's time for Keith to answer the the questions, Uh, you know, because they're out there, and, I mean, there's not many – ashes in the seats at the pavilion so to speak and And that's when you know it's real trouble
1: too you've been you've been around long enough to know that
2: no that's an indictment of any program no question and uh it's sad because i think kermit's a good man i think he's uh uh, had a good career but it, it just is not working here
1: it's not and i and i'm the same way i love kermit to death i think he's a great guy and i think he's a good coach too it's just you live and die by your evaluations in this sport and your wins and losses, and Ole Miss has been really bad. I think they've lost 18 of their last 21 SEC games. I mean, that's yeah, just Let me say this. terrible.
2: let me say this, and I know this will get some heat because people will say, oh, it'll show up, it'll show up. But unless they increase their NIL funding for men's basketball, the next guy's not going to have a great chance either. I agree. We have got to make a commitment. In NIL, we've made a commitment in facilities. We're making commitments in salaries, but you got to get players. I mean, you you got to get players. Not, you know, uh, uh, food up in the All American thing is nice, but that's not how you win games.
1: No, you you need four you know? Matthew Morels, not just one. You need four of them. Yeah. And, and the thing yeah. you brought up earlier, you asked Lane Kiffin. And uh, he pointed to the Manning Center. He said he got asked about that twice in recruiting. The NIL has been a hundred things. That's why when any, any, anytime anybody says, "Well, what about the Pavilion?" Ole Miss has made a commitment to basketball. It's never made before. That's true. But you were starting from a place of being behind, so you just caught up in that way. But that's not what even matters anymore. And there's just yeah. not the same ki- type of energy or enthusiasm for Ole Miss basketball portal recruiting as there is for football. It's not even remotely comparable. It's it's not even a drop in the bucket. For what fans will well, look, for
2: football? I, I, I'm not, and I'm not I'm not It's gonna, just what it is. I'm not defending Kermit, so to speak. No. As I am just saying. Look, uh, he had enough money to pay Murrell and and Ruffin, and that was about it. Small little things for for everybody else. Well, we got to go get some studs, man. Yeah. <laughs> we got to go get some hundred, hundred and fifty, two hundred thousand dollar a year guys. I mean, that's just the way it is. That's the market. And then until we do that, it's going to be really tough.
1: Yeah. I'm not knocking fans at all for the problem that's been created. here. No, but there is some culpability. No, just, at, yeah. There is some culpability as far as you say you want a winning basketball program. Okay. I do too. How do you get that? I'm telling you, there is not a commitment in NIL to get that. And basketball players in that market is harder than football. And Ole Miss is just not even even playing in that space. And one thing that like Andy Kennedy, the reason he was able to keep Ole Miss competitive on the bubble, frustratingly on the bubble every year and not breaking through was because he was ahead of the game in terms of how he recruited when it wasn't working and he missed on Malik Newman. Um, that was a five-star kid. They raised a bunch of money, even though you weren't supposed to raise money back then. They raised a bunch of money and then, um, it doesn't work. So what does he do? He goes overseas, starts bringing overseas players like Thomas Giallo and all those other guys. Um, and they, or they went or he went and took chances with a Marshall Henderson who nobody wanted because of a checkered pass. or Stefan Moody who was in a, at a random, um, you know, JUCO that no one really knew about. I mean, he was very proactive in, in recruiting creatively at Ole Miss because you have to be. Well, now the levy, the playing field has been leveled. To where all it really costs to have a good basketball program is money. But do you want to pay for basketball? Because it doesn't matter who you bring in—Kermit Davis, Andy Kennedy—if Kermit Davis is gone at the end of the year and you bring in Steve Forbes and pay him all this kind of money, even Steve Forbes, good as he is at Wake Forest, he's not going to be able to. He's going to start from a place of being behind at a disadvantage if he doesn't have any money to go get players. That's that's it. So there is some culpability with the fan base in terms of if you really want to win, you got to give some money. There isn't money there.
2: Well, it, it will be there. I think the Grove Collective will concentrate more on basketball moving forward. Um and and I think our fans will respond. I think they'll get it But a you get, you get what shot. I'm saying
1: though, like you're already like you're the yeah. next guy's not gonna have it it doesn't matter if you hired friggin' Coach K if there's no money there to go get some players. There's just not money. Well, yeah,
2: that's what I said. Yeah. That's what I said. But but I think there's potential there for it to happen. I think our fans will 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 respond to the call like they have with football uh and and don't don't get me wrong, I think coaching makes a difference don't I'm not trying to minimize the uh you know uh, having a newer offensive system or whatever uh whatever's missing now uh, will make a difference. but if you want to be a program that's going to go to the nCAA tournament. Uh, I'm just telling you, it's got to have some NIL money. And I think Ole Miss fans will do that once we start concentrating on that.
1: Absolutely. And and the whole thing with Kermit is we touched on the regressiveness of the offense. So it's a bunch of problems all at once. Not enough money to go get the players you need to win. Um, A coach running an antiquated offense that doesn't really fit in 2023. In 2023, everybody needs to be able to shoot from three. Everybody. All five that you put on the floor. And instead of going and getting shooting when that was the problem last year, he went and got – Four defense first, rebounding first forwards that are redundancies of each other, and they can't shoot. They still can't shoot. It's still the same, too. We went into the year saying that Matthew Morrell and Deshaun Ruffin have to play like NBA players for almost to have a chance. Well, Deshaun hasn't come back and been anything close to himself after the knee injury, and Matthew Morrell's essentially by himself on the perimeter. Jamin Breakfield helps him a little bit, of course, and he's actually been really good this year, but that's not enough. That's two players. So um, you can really point to a number of different things as to why it's gotten to where it's gotten, but I think, you know, the number one question for Keith, and I think I'm going to have to ask him this straight up tomorrow, is, I mean, at what point do you have to – have you come to the decision point? I mean, is it February? Is it like playing out the string? That That's the question now because this is untenable.
2: Well, it's, I, I, I don't think it's salvageable now. It may be, but that's just my opinion.
1: Man, we were we were ending it on a good note. Then we had to talk about friggin' basketball. But Chuck said before we <laughs> recorded, he said, Ben, we have to talk about it. And I almost got out of here. Almost got out of here without having to talk yeah. about it. And you did it, you uh, you son of a gun. <laughs> you did it. He's Chuck Ronswell at Spirit Chuck. We both write for the OpenSpirit, OwensPir.com and Philip on Three. You're my guy, man. I appreciate you. Thank you.
2: All right, buddy. Take care.
0: Save big on brunch for Mom. All in the Kroger app.